I'm not typically that long-winded. Bonner rabbit trails are not quite like Gilbert rabbit trails, so <laughs> hopefully won't get too far off the beaten path tonight, but we're going to get through this, and I have something that I've been working on for a while that's been on my heart for uh, eight months or so now, and so I hope it's beneficial to you. I hope you receive it in the way I'm intending it tonight. I hope God touches your heart, lets you hear it the way you need to hear it. So tonight, I know that these past two years, we all know, it's been crazy. There's been a lot of turmoil, there's been a lot of trouble, there's been a lot of tribulation. As the church, we're not immune to it. We've dealt with it. We've dealt with loss. We've dealt with problems that have come because of it, but we are still God's chosen people. We're still children of God. God is still our answer. But I know that a lot of people have been very beat down. I know that depression, uncertainty, a lot of those things have swept over, even God's church. And it's touched, and I've noticed, and I, I notice, and I see people hurting, and I see people struggling, and I see people searching for answers, and I, I feel like I had a word that I feel like an, well, I hope it'll be an encouragement to you. I hope it'll show you that there's something beyond that turmoil, something beyond that suffering, that there's something that's, that's coming, there's something that's worthwhile. And I feel like the more we deal with problems and deal with turmoil, a lot of times we, we start to feel like failures. We start to feel like we failed, like we've fallen short. We start to feel like we're not as good as maybe we thought we were. Maybe we're not worthy of blessings. Maybe we're not worthy of things from God. That maybe we're not very valuable anymore. And whether that's something you've dealt with your whole life, feelings of inadequacy, feelings of not being valuable, or if that's something that's just come on you because of things you've been dealing with, I hope this is for everybody because I think it's important that while, yes, God is definitely seeking and looking for the hurting and the lost and those that have had those feelings, that as we come into God's kingdom and we come to know God and come into a relationship with God, that we shouldn't necessarily have to stay in that situation. We shouldn't have to stay in that state of failure, in that state of feeling inadequate, in that state of feeling like we're not valuable anymore. God doesn't want that. I don't believe he desires that at all for his children to constantly be feeling like they're not good, like they're not going to make it, like they're not valuable anymore. That's not what he wants us to feel like. So tonight what I want to talk to us about is that we have to know our true value. We have to know it. It's something that's not going to be shown to you by a lot of things you're going to encounter. And it may not be evident in your life situation right now. But somewhere deep inside of you, you have to know what your true value is. So where do we find that? And what I want to tell you is just like everything, nothing in this world is a surprise to God. Nothing that's going on is a surprise to him. And his answers are still Right here. When you're feeling uncertain, when you're feeling like you don't know where your value is and you don't understand what's going on, I encourage you, please, get into the Word. That's what it was given for. The answer to every question you have is in here if you'll just get into it. So tonight we're going to get right into the Word. I'm going to start in Luke chapter 12, starting at verse 6. And I'm going to read actually from the Passion Translation tonight. 
I'll be have a lot of scriptures tonight, most of them from King James, and I still wholeheartedly believe in the King James, but sometimes the Passion Translation, I like it because it drills just a little deeper into some of the fine points. So I'm reading from that one. Follow along if you will. If not, we've got it up on the screen. Let's start in verse 6. What is the value of your soul to God? Could your worth be defined by any amount of money? God doesn't abandon or forget even the small sparrow he has made. How then could he forget or abandon you? What about the seemingly minor issues of your life? Do they matter to God? Of course they do. So you never need to worry, for you are more valuable to God than anything else in this world. And it's that last part that really struck me when I was comparing versions, because this is a very popular scripture, if you've heard a lot, it's talking about him caring, he knows about the sparrows. I mean, but that last part there, you never need to worry, for you are more valuable to God than anything in this world. You're not going to find that anywhere else. While people may love you, people may care about you, they may, you may be valuable to them. But you may not ever be the most valuable thing in the world to them. But to God, you are more valuable than anything else in this world. Let's pray and you can be seated. Lord, thank you for your word, Lord. Lord, I ask that you would let us receive this tonight, Lord. Let us open our eyes, open our ears that we may hear, open our minds and our hearts that we may receive it, Lord. I thank you for it, Lord. I ask you to bless this, Lord. Let your will be done in this place tonight, Lord. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name we pray. You may be seated. So we have to start seeing ourselves that way. We've got to start looking at ourselves the way God sees us. We can't look at ourselves through the eyes or the perspective of our situation or what's going on around us. We have to start seeing ourselves the way God sees us if we're going to find and if we're truly going to know what our true value is. If we don't see ourselves the way God does, that we're more valuable than anything else in this world because he values your soul that much. That's what's in you that makes you so valuable to God. He covets. He loves your soul. He values it more than anything else in this world. But just like everything else in our walk with God, everything else we're trying to do, there's like two forces battling against each other. On one side, you've got our worldly flesh. On the other side, you've got God. And they're battling for everything in your life. And that includes your soul. There's a battle going on for your soul. And the world wants it. And God wants it. So these two forces are battling against you. And, you know, we talk about the devil being a sly fox. He knows he's not coming at you with a big whirlwind and it's like, bam, give up your soul and do this. That's not happening. It's always subtle. It's always sneaky, and the way it does it is it starts showing you things that might help you feel valuable, that might help you feel better, that might help you feel worthy in those things. He starts showing you things of this world, 
And that what they're doing is they're battling for your soul, for your soul to feel worthy and valuable in those things. And over here you have God going, I love your soul. I value it more than anything in this world. And what I've got will give you your true value. So you've got those forces working against each other. You've got your worldly flesh trying to make you feel valuable, and you've got God doing the same thing. But the difference between those two forces is that there's only one of those that actually not only knows, but has the ability to show you what your true value is. There's only one that actually knows how valuable you are, that actually knows your soul. And it's not the world. The world only knows what it, you put out there. It only knows that outward thing that you put out, that facade we all put on of whether everything's going all right or whether everything's not. But whatever it is, that's all the world knows. That's all it sees. It doesn't know your actual soul, your actual inner being. But God does. It's our God that knows your true value, the God who created you, the God who knew you before you were formed, and the only being that exists that actually knows your innermost true self. God's the only being that knows your actual inner true self. Sometimes you don't even know your true self. You don't even know what you're capable of. You don't even know what's really going on in there. And I promise you, people around you don't always know what's going on with you, what's really going on inside of you. But God always knows. He always knows your actual true self. And knowing that, knowing your true self, who you truly are, it still says he values you more than anything else in this world. There's no qualifications there. There's no things you have to do for him to value that much. He values that much because he literally created you. He knows your innermost self, so he values you. So that's who truly knows you. It's not this world. But that's why you'll truly never feel valuable if you're trying to find that value, if you're trying to find that self-worth in things of this world. You're never going to feel it. You're never going to get there. You're constantly going to be striving for the next thing because you're never going to feel fully satisfied and feel truly valuable if you're using worldly standards for what is valuable. If you're using the things of this world, success, money, family, homes, physical ability, looks, whatever it is that the world says is good and the world says is valuable, if you're using those standards to define what makes you valuable... You're never going to find it. You're never going to get there and truly feel it, seeking and looking at yourself in that way. We've got to see ourselves the way God sees us. Because the truth is this world is just grasping at things. It's just grabbing anything it can to throw in front of you and say, get this and you'll be happy. Get this and you'll feel like you're worth it. Get this and you'll feel like you made it. Accomplish this next step. Give up this. Do this. You know, partake of this, buy this. Those will all give you value. Those will all give you things. It's just grasping at things. It has no idea what to grab next because it doesn't know what you're actually going to take, so it just keeps throwing it at you. And we live in a world where that's constantly around us. We're bombarded with it. We're bombarded with ideas, with plans, 
with feel-good, motivational memes and speeches and videos on YouTube and advertisements and whatever it is. We're bombarded with things that are trying to give us value. They're trying to show us how you'll be truly worth something, truly accomplish something if you'll just get this. But it's all, all of it is just things that it's trying to replace God in your life. Everything this world will tell you is valuable and worth you acquiring is just one more thing that's trying to replace God in your life. And if we don't see ourselves the way God sees us and we don't find our value in God, then we're constantly going to be trying and struggling to find something to fill that void, to have ourselves. Because everybody wants to feel good. Everybody wants to feel loved, to feel worthy, to feel valuable. So you're constantly seeking things, but they're all things that are trying to replace God. If you don't first have this first step around that, that you have to see yourself the way God sees you. You're never going to know who you really are and what you're capable of if you don't truly look at yourself the way God sees you. You know, we used to have a saying or whatever in the car business, a thing we talked about. We had lots of running gags and jokes. Car dealers have tons of little sayings and inside jokes and things. But I've been in the car business for a long time. We had a thing about people with classic cars. It was like a running thing you knew. When someone has a classic car and they're wanting to find out what it's actually worth. Well, I was a new car dealer for a long time. If you take a classic car to me when I'm at a new car store, you, it can be beautiful. It can be whatever it is that you think is the greatest classic car. Me, a 63 Corvette, a 55 Chevy, whatever it is that you think, man, this is it. This is the top. So you bring that to a new car dealer, I'm telling you, they're not going to give you full value for that car. Because to them, they're just looking at it, and yeah, it may be beautiful, but it doesn't have the newest tech. It doesn't ride the way that new car does. They don't have the performance features that the new one does. And they know their clientele that comes to them, they're looking for the new stuff. They don't got a lot of clientele coming to them looking for 70-year-old cars. They want the newest and the greatest. So they're not going to give you full value for it. It doesn't fit with what they're doing. So they're not going to offer you full value. You take that same car to someone like a pawn shop, you're going to get even less. I can't believe people actually take cars to pawn shops, but apparently they do. You take that car that's worth so much to you and you feel like maybe it is valuable, they're just going to tear it down. They're going to tell you everything. Oh, man, this, this, this. And the thing is is that pawn shops constantly deal with people who are desperate for something right now. They've got to get rid of something that they thought was valuable at some point to get some money right now. So that's their whole thinking process is they think, well, you must be desperate to get rid of it if you're bringing it here. It's going to offer you even less. But if you take that same car and you find a classic car club that is dedicated to that specific car. You find the Corvette fan club. You post that car on one of their sites, you're gonna find people who are gonna give you the top value for that car. You're gonna find people who understand what it is, what it can be, and how valuable it truly is. But that's the same thing we're dealing with in this world. That's how we do it is if you're presenting yourself to the world to give you a value for yourself. That's not the right place to get your top value. All they're looking at you for is what can you do for me? 
What do you have to offer me? They're not looking at you the way God looks at you. What he created you to be. He knows all about you. Just like those classic car guys, they'll know everything about what transmission it should have, what rear end, what's the best wheel tire combo, what kind of brake upgrades or packages. They know all about it. That's God with you. He knows everything about you. There's nothing about you that he doesn't know. There's nothing about you that he didn't put there. And he still values you more than anything in this world. That's where you're going to get top value. So you're never going to get top value from this world for yourself. It's never going to give you the best value for your soul. It's not going to offer up the best package for you. Because they don't truly know you. They don't truly know what you've got to offer. They don't know what you've got going on inside. They don't really care about that soul. They only care about what's right here and now. They're not focused. They're looking at. They're looking at through the lens of eternity, like God does. The only thing about you that's going to survive eternity is your soul. So the two forces that you've got battling for your soul, one is going to fade away and be destroyed again. One's going to last for eternity. So which one do you think values your soul more? The one that's got no use for it because it's not going to last for eternity or the one that truly wants you to come be back with them for eternity? So if you feel like you're struggling, if you feel like you've been in a struggle for just a little while, or like I said earlier, if you feel like you've been in a struggle for your whole life, finding some self-worth, finding some value, then I don't think, I, don't, I know it's not that you're not valuable. I know it's not that you don't have self-worth. It's just that you've been looking in the wrong place to find your true value. you got to know where to look. And there's only one place. There's only one place to look, and that's God. That's the only place to look if you want to know what your true value is. You have to look at not only who God is. I mean, he created everything. He's got control over everything. But who you are in God, who you are with God. The God that created everything truly loves you and values you. And that's where you're going to find your highest true value is with God. But this world's value system... For you, again, I, I equate it, it's like a funhouse mirror. You ever been to the funhouse? Seen the funhouse mirrors? They're bent and contorted. They make you look tall. They make you look short. They make you look skinny. They make you look fat. They make you look blurry and whatever. This world's value system for you, it's like that. It's bent. It's contorted in a very specific way to show you just what it wants you to see. It's not letting you see the truth. While, yes, it's your reflection, it's a total lie of what your reflection is. It's in no way your true image. What image are we? What image are we created in? In the image of God. The world's never going to show you that. It's never going to let you see that. Everything about it is bent, twisted, Moved, contorted in a way that's going to show you that you're not that image. It's going to show you things that you think you need to do to get into a different image. But that is not the truth. And it's never going to be the truth. The truth 
if you want to find it, is in the Word of God. If you want to know you found the truth, if you want to know you've got the right answer, you've got to get it in the Word of God. In Romans 12 and verse 2, again, I'm reading from the Passion Translation on this one. It says, stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. Stop it. Stop imitating the ideals and the opinions. Whatever the opinion of the culture around you is of what's good and what's valuable, you got to stop looking for that. Stop trying to be that. That's the first part here. But be inwardly transformed by the Holy Ghost. That's by God. Be inwardly transformed by God. Through total reformation of how you think. We've got to quit thinking the way this world thinks. A lot of times it's renewing your mind, as in the King James Version. We think about renewing our mind as just maybe getting a daily contact with God and everything, but it's a, it's a total way you've got to change the way you interpret information. The way you think about everything has got to be changed, a total reformation of how you think. And this, when you do this, when you stop imitating the opinions of the culture around you, when you allow yourself to be inwardly transformed by God, when you allow the total way you think to be changed, then this will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. We've got to see ourselves through his eyes. And if we want to have that beautiful, perfect, and satisfying life in his eyes, then we got to completely change the way we think about everything. you got to change the way you allow stuff to affect your mind. we got to change the way, even the way we see ourselves has got to change. If we're going to have that perfect life, that beautiful life, in God's house, we've got to change the way we see ourselves. Because a lot of times when we hear this scripture about renewing our minds, we think only about praying, only about purifying our minds from unclean thoughts. Absolutely, you've got to do that. That's all good. I'm not saying any of that's not good. We think it's just refocusing on having interaction with God. That's true. That's part of it also. But it says a total reformation of how you think. This is not just kind of like a washing out. You think of renewing like just wash out the bad and then I'll be good again. Yes, God does wash you clean. But we've got to totally change the way we think. So it's not just that. We can't stop there. We've got to know that it means that we literally cannot think about anything the way this world does. We've got to start thinking about things the way God does. And the way God does is he says, you're more valuable to me than anything in this world. So if we're still thinking we're not valuable, if we're still thinking we're not good enough, then we're not seeing things the way God sees us. Now, there's more to this. You can't just stop there. But that's part of it. That includes the way we value ourselves has got to change. Because what happens is this world only values your specific abilities or talents. It only values those things that are quantifiable, that are tangible. It means things they can see, touch, 
That's all they value. That's all that's valued in this world. That's all that's thrown before us is things that they can see, touch, have, grab, hold. That's all that presents value to this world. But this world has become a comparison society now. And it may, maybe always has been, but I feel like it's been amplified in these times of social media and everything that we interact with without truly interacting with people anymore has created more and more comparison, more and more looking at yourself and how you compare or value with other people. And that's just not the way God does things. Because as soon as someone else, as you feel like you've got something accomplished, as soon as you feel like you've done something good, someone else has done it better. Someone else has got more, accomplished more. They're more successful than you. They got more talent than you. They got a better family than you do. All that good stuff. And if you're comparing yourself against that, all of a sudden, you're not as valuable anymore. If you were feeling valuable, every time you see someone else who maybe you interpret as doing it better, you get knocked down a notch. Your value's gone down just a little bit. It's in a constantly depreciating mode. It's going down and down and down. But the thing is, there's always, there's always going to be somebody that has more stuff than you. There's always going to be somebody who makes more than you, who's better at something than you, comes from a better family, has a better home situation, has whatever it is, whatever it is that you feel like if you could just get that that would help you take your next step to being valuable, whatever it is, there's always going to be somebody that's got it better or more because that's just how life goes. So your value is going to always be changing. If you feel valuable at one moment, you're not going to feel valuable at the next moment. Just like when we talk about church and doctrine, you're going to constantly follow the winds of doctrine. It's just changing. It's the same thing with your value and your self-esteem and your self-worth. If you're looking at it for anything other than God, it's going to constantly be changing. It's like a moving goalpost. Think you got it? No, the goalpost moved. You got to go further. Got to get more. Got to do more. It's a thing that's just not static. It's not staying in one place. And every benefit that you think you would get from acquiring something that this world says is valuable, from getting to a place where you feel like people in this world would look at you and say, that person's got it. They've got it all together. Everything's working for them. If you feel like you got there, everything that you had to get there it's all fleeting. It's all temporary. None of it's going to last. It's not going to last forever. It's not going to hold you in that place of esteem forever. It's going to eventually fade away. And so your value is going to go down. Then you're stuck back in that cycle, searching again. What can I do to get back on top? What can I do to get back to my top value, my best self? There's always another program, another step process. Another diet process, another whatever. There's always something else to get just a little further. And that's how this world operates. You're never going to be able to keep up. And you're never going to find your true value if you keep looking at the things the way this world does. Because it's going to keep requiring more of you. It's going to keep telling you it's good for you to keep sacrificing your time to that. Sacrificing your abilities to that. Sacrificing your mind to that your thoughts, 
everything you've got. It's going to tell you it's good. Keep doing that because you're going to keep getting further. And while that sounds good, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't be successful. I'm not saying we shouldn't strive to better ourselves because there's a lot of scripture about that too. Look in Proverbs. Proverbs got a lot to say about people who are lazy, don't work hard, don't do things that are going to better themselves. There's a lot of stuff about that. But we have to realize that that's not where our true value is because everything that it's doing then, every time it tells you to sacrifice this day to do better at this, to acquire this, to get yourself one step further than this. Again, like I said, that's all of those things are all trying to pull you a little further away from God. And the way they start doing that is they start taking more and more of your time, more and more of your focus, more and more of your dedication. And the things that are worthy of your time, focus, and dedication are all of God. Those other things are not really worthy of your time, focus, and dedication, but they're going to convince you that they are worth it that they're going to get you somewhere if you'll do it, but they're going to keep taking, never going to stop taking those things until finally they get all your time. And you don't have time for church anymore on Sundays. You don't have time for prayer meeting. You don't have time for small groups. You don't have time for Wednesday nights. You don't have time for this because I've got to do this. I've got to do this if I want to get better. I want to realize my true value, but that's all. That's striving in vain. That's working in vain. If you're doing that, you're not thinking the way God wants you to be thinking. You got to understand where the source of your true value is. We got to understand that it absolutely does not come from us. I keep saying that we are valuable, and yes, you are valuable. You are worth a lot to God, but it has nothing to do with how great or worthy you are in yourself. It has nothing to do with how good you are on your own. It's all Simply because he loves us that much. Simply because God who created everything loves you that much. That's why you're worthy. It has nothing to do with all these things that the world says makes someone worthy. We go back to the word in Romans 2, the very next verse. After 2 that we just read that talked about transforming our mind and finding our worth in God. Paul goes on, I'm reading the Passion again, it says, God has given me grace to speak a warning about pride. I would ask each of you to be emptied of self-promotion and not create a false image of your importance. So while we're talking about how valuable you are, if you're completely reforming your mind, you start seeing that, that you're not going to create a false image of your own importance. You're going to understand that it's all because of God. Instead, it says, honestly assess your worth by using your God-given faith. That has nothing to do with you. Honestly assess your worth by using your God-given faith as the standard of measurement. If you'll stop using the standard that this world has put up as your measurement and start using your faith in God, as your measurement for how successful or how valuable you are, that's when you'll have an honest opinion of your true value because it says, and then, only then, after you do that, you empty yourself of self-promotion, you guard yourself against pride, you remove any false image of your own importance, and you honestly assess your worth by your faith that's given of God. It says, then you will see your true value with an appropriate 
Self-esteem. That's where we're trying to get to. Where we understand that we're valuable. We understand we're made worthy, not by us, but by God. And we understand and we have a good self-esteem because it's given and it's settled by the truth of God. The truth of who he is. How much he loves you. How much he cares about you. That's when you start seeing what your true value is. When you start seeing it through the eyes of God. So here we see that it's our faith in God and who he is and who we are in him and what he is capable of doing. Not what we're capable of doing, but what he's capable of doing through us. That's where we find our true value. It's not self-confidence like the world would promote. It's not putting forth your best self, your confident self. It's a humbleness that you can only have through truly submitting yourself to God and to his plan and letting him transform your mind. Then you can walk in that, and that will give you not confidence in yourself, but confidence in God. You can walk in the confidence of God everywhere you go, through every situation, whatever it may be. And I know we all come from different situations, different backgrounds, different life experiences, but we're all just as valuable to God if we'll truly let our faith tell us what God is doing in us and we'll follow after him, then we can have that confidence that we are valuable to our God. In 1 Peter 1, starting at verse 5, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this you greatly rejoice. Though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. That speaks to where we are right now. We may have to suffer grief in a lot of trials right now. But that's not what we get our value from. That's not where we get our joy. Our joy comes from greatly rejoicing through our faith that the salvation that God can give is coming. These trials, it goes on, these have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though it's refined by fire, your faith, proving your faith, Proving who God is to you. Proving who you are in God. That is worth more than gold. And it may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus is revealed. That's what we're seeking our value from. It's from Jesus. It's from God. It's not from this world. It's not from those around us. Yes, I want people to like us. Yes, I want people to like me. I want people to trust me. Come to me if they need anything. But my true value, my true self-worth is found in my faith in God. Whether it's in a time of trial or in a time of testing, we rejoice in it all because it's all proving how valuable we are with God on our side. So when our faith is tested here in this world, it's telling us that that's when we find our true value, when we endure and maintain our faith in God no matter what is going on in this world around us. No matter what has gone on in your life, 
no matter what situations you've had to go through, no matter how many times you've fallen down, how many times you've failed, you're still just as valuable to God today. He still wants your soul. He still desires all of you. Your faith's just been tested. And now you've come to a realization that everything I need, all my value, it all comes from God. And the reason that's so valuable is because if we maintain our faith in God, the reward, the reward of that is something that's more valuable than this entire world. It's that coming of the salvation of God. That's your reward when you find your value in God. When you find your value in things of this world, all fade away. When that end day comes, that trumpet sounds, I don't care how much you have, I don't care how many friends you have, I don't care how great your family has been, how good things look at your home, how good your business is going, how much money's in your bank account. None of that matters at that time. There's only one thing that matters at that time. Only one thing. Where's that eternal soul going? That's where our true value is found. If the salvation, that soul that God loves, that's where our salvation is going to be found. If you love God the way God loves you, none of this will be hard for you. If we'll truly see that, that if we'll love God the way he loves us, that renewing of the mind, transforming of the mind, changing the way we think, changing the way we interpret things is going to come very easy because God loves you that much. Because there's nothing in this world that's worth nothing. Sometimes we think about things when we say that. And I'm not trying to be hard, and I hope it's not hurting anyone's situation. I'm telling you, nothing in this world, no relationship, no person, nothing in this world is worth your soul. There's nothing. Mark 8, 36 tells us, For what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his soul? That's the, what God loves, and that's why you're so valuable. Because your soul, if you use a good old math process of this equals that, then therefore this equals that, that means that your soul is worth more than the entire world. Your soul. you got to believe that. Your soul. Not pastor's soul. Not the people you see in leadership soul. Not people that seem like to have things more together than you soul, your soul. Wherever you are right now, your soul is worth more than the entire world. We've got to start thinking that way. We've got to start seeing those things the way God sees them. There's nothing that this world has to offer. They're going to keep trying. They're going to keep offering it. There's nothing they have to offer that's worth more than your soul. That's how valuable you are with God. In 1 Corinthians 6 and 20, for you are bought with a price. You're bought with a, a high price, a price we can't fathom. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. 
Your true value is not found in anything you possess because your body and your spirit aren't even yours. They belong to God. And they were purchased with a price. When we'll wrap our heads around that and start thinking about things the way God does, we'll realize the price that was paid and why we're so valuable, what our true value is. You're worth more than all the gold, all the stuff. You're worth just as much as everybody around you. You're worth that much to God. That means he values more you more than whatever this world thinks is valuable at any time. I don't care what comes along. I don't care what new valuable process thing they find. Nothing's going to ever be worth more than your soul. 1 Corinthians 7, verse 23. You're bought with a price, but not ye the servants of men. Why would you ever want to submit yourself to what man says is valuable? Why would you ever want to give in to what man says is worth something when you were bought with a price? You're not to be the servants of men anymore. We're not to think the way the world thinks. We're not to look at things the way the world looks at things because we were bought with a price and our soul is that valuable to God and we should never feel like we need to measure up to anything of men, to anything of mankind. I'm not saying we don't love each other. We absolutely love each other. We want everybody to come into this knowledge, this gospel of grace, the mercy of God, to find salvation. But we should never be a servant to the values, the ideals, the opinions of this world again when we realize we've been bought with a price by God. It's another way of telling us not to be subservient to the ways of this world. Not to give in to the ways of this world, to the times that tell you, well, you should do this now. You shouldn't do that. There's no need for that. There's no need to be that dedicated to God. There's no need to speak in tongues anymore. There's no need to be baptized in Jesus' name. They've come up with all kinds of ways to say you can still serve God and you can still find salvation without truly being transformed the way the Bible's telling us to be, without truly finding what our true worth is. There's all kinds of things. They can't get you with the possessions and things that are so obviously not of God in this world. They're going to start pulling away at the things that you know of God. And they're going to start telling you, well, not really that. You don't really need to be that dedicated to that. You know, you got stuff you got to do out here. Why are you so dedicated to your church? Why do you do all that? Why do you need to do all that? You're, you need to be doing this, and you need to be accomplishing this. We're not to be subservient to the ways of this world anymore. We can't value ourselves the way the world does because God set the value. He set the price. And he set a price that nobody else can even come close to. The devil can't come close to the price that God set on your soul. He can't come close to offering anything of equal value than what God said on you. He knows what you're worth, and he values you so much. He loves you so much that he chose. God himself chose to become flesh just like us, to show us exactly how much he loves you, to show us exactly how much he values you. 
He said, I'm God. I created. He could have wiped all this out and started over. He's God. He could have done anything he wanted to do. But if you're wondering if you're really that valuable to him, I ask you, remember, he chose to become flesh. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. He loved you that much. You, whoever you are, you're a part of that world that he loved enough. That world that he loved there is not the things we've been talking about in this world. That world is you and me. That world is the souls that he placed in this world. He loved you so much. He put on a robe of flesh and stepped down from his throne in heaven to show us without a doubt how much he values you and how valuable you really are. You have to believe that. You've got to know that with all of your being, with everything inside of you. You've got to know that God was looking at you. You've got to make it personal. Specifically, God was looking at you. When he stepped out of heaven and came down to endure all the temptations, to experience all our weakness of our flesh, to show us what our true value is to him. It has nothing to do with accomplishments of this world, with things of this world. It has everything to do with how much he loves and values your soul. That's your true value. He endured that terrible cross, a terrible death. If you want to read about how terrible a death of a cross, I encourage you to. It will help you truly know how much God loves you and how much he values you because that's what we're worth to him. Luke 42, starting at verse 42, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. There appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, God was in agony. And he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat was as great drops of blood falling down to the ground. That's what you're worth to God. God put himself in agony. Because your soul is worth that much to him. Your soul is that valuable. He drank that filthy, ugly, terrible cup full of all our failures, full of all our weakness, full of all our sin because that was the price that he set on your soul. He took it into himself that day. And the greatest pain that Jesus endured was not the beatings. It wasn't the crown of thorns. It wasn't even the death of the cross. It was looking into that cup of sin and taking it into his perfect self. Him who was, had done no wrong. If you ever want to feel how valuable you are, think about everything you put in that cup. Everything you did that God looked at and said, I'll take it. I'll take it because I love you that much. Because you're that valuable to me. Because your soul is worth everything. And I don't care what you put in that cup, but I'm going to take it. 
And I'm going to offer myself because I love you that much. He prayed and sweat was as great drops of blood. That's how hard it was to take that cup. But he did it. He did it because he values you and he loves your soul that much. Now, there are people here tonight, I know, that are battling. They're battling the mindset of this world that tells them they're not enough, that tells them they're not valuable, tells them they're not worth anything. Like I said, I don't know how long you've been battling it. I don't know if it's a constant struggle, if it's a lifelong struggle, if it's a new thing that's entered in. But what I wanted you to know is no matter what you feel, no matter how much you feel like you have no value, you have no worth, no matter how much you're looking around right now and you see people and you say, I can't be as valuable as them. I can't do what they can do. I don't have to offer what they have to offer. I want you to know that God was looking at you when he drank that cup. He was looking at you and said, I don't value you the way the world values you. I don't even value you the way the, you value yourself. I've set a higher price on you. And so while we're not going to be puffed up, we're not going to be overconfident in humbleness and understanding that it was all because of what he did in sacrificing himself for us that makes us valuable. We'll start to realize that everything that Jesus did and the way that he did it was to show you how valuable you are. Even though this world, your circumstance, your situation, whatever may tell you that you're so lowly, that you're not worth anything, that you're worthless. From his birth to Joseph and Mary, too lowly people, they weren't prestigious. They weren't royalty. Yes, they were in the line of David, but that luster had faded. They're two lowly people. That's who he chose to be born to. To being born in Bethlehem. A town that paled in comparison to Jerusalem. Some of the big cities around it. Bethlehem was not a renowned place. It was not a desirable place that God chose to come into this world. To being born in a nasty, dirty manger that was not as pretty as our nativity scenes make it seem. I'm telling you, that was a dirty, stinky place that our God chose to come into this world in. To the way he ministered to people on the outskirts, people who were just laborers, fishermen, wanderers. He wasn't just going to kings and princes and People in leadership roles, he was calling the people on the outskirts. That's where he started his ministry. So when he finally arrived in Jerusalem, what well, we already heard, if you were here the last time I talked about, he arrived on the lowly donkey. He didn't arrive with prestige. He didn't arrive in a caravan. He rode in on a donkey to die in the way of the worst criminals on the cross. To being buried in a borrowed tomb. He didn't have his own place to be buried. Everything he did. Everything, if we'll choose to look at it with the right mindset. 
will see that every way was him looking right at you and saying, I don't need things that this world considers valuable. I don't need prestige. I don't need anything you can offer me. I can provide it all on my own. But I still value you. And I want you. I want your soul to live for eternity with me. That's what he was saying in everything he did. None of it was without meaning. None of it was without purpose. It all was done very intentionally. And it was all to show us how much he loved us. That he wasn't seeking things. He wasn't seeking possessions. He wasn't seeking great monuments and everything. He was seeking you. He was seeking your soul. He was seeking to show you, I love you, I value you, and I want your soul to live for eternity with me. So if you've been feeling like you just aren't enough, like you don't measure up, like you failed, if you want to know, if you really want to know how valuable you are, the only way you're going to realize it, the only way you're ever going to feel loved, accepted, appreciated, is if you are willing to completely transform your thinking and realize how much your God values you. And you'll find yourself no longer in competition with each other, no longer comparing yourselves to one another. You're not going to look at somebody else in the church and go, man, they're getting everything good. Why are they getting all that? Why am I, I getting any of that? You're going to look at yourself and say, just the fact that God loves your soul. I heard a song a long time ago that if Jesus never does anything again, if he never gives one more thing to us, he's done enough. But you got to get out of that worldly way of looking at things that sees any benefit or anything that anybody would get. If you think, oh, they got a benefit, how'd they get that? If you're looking at it through God's eyes, you'll just say glory to God. That's just going to further what God's trying to do here. And you'll find out that just the same way a sin is a sin is a sin to God, a soul is a soul is a soul to God. They're all the same value in Him. He paid the same price for every soul in this room, for every soul in this world. He paid the same price. So we're all the exact same valuable in God's eyes, but we've got to completely transform the way we think if we're ever going to see that, if we're ever going to realize that, if we're ever going to stop the cycle of constantly needing something else to feel like we're worth it, to feel like we're worthy, to feel like we've accomplished something. We've got to get out of that mindset and understand that we're all valuable when it comes to God. He paid the same price for every single one of us. So please tonight, I encourage you. If you've been feeling that way, if you've been fighting those thoughts, please get into the word and start believing that it really is for you. Start believing that it truly meant, everything in there is meant for you. It's not meant for some of us and not for the rest of us. It's meant for every single one of us. We're all valuable. We all need to know our true value in God.
Thank you. God bless you.